Next, I'd like to introduce... Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. He's going to give a special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. This brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? I'm Youngest, I'm medium, old? On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, I can hold it for even longer than that. Welcome this afternoon to the Daniel Bowden Show. Joshy Josh and Mr. Larry Dickman. So I gotta come right out with it right now, I gotta say, hold on a second. Yesterday we posted our our release, our press release on one of the manager's uh, Facebook walls. The majority of the comments were people just saying, Larry. <laughs> so it is caught on. you got a gimmick, Larry. The legend continues, The legend man. continues. The legend continues. What do you got from me over there? Uh, just your, new, your normal hookups. 2880644 is that text line. Of course, if you want to text right here to Daniel, you can do that. Phones are open. 315-437-7644. That is 4ESPN44. Go ahead, sir. You know, I was going to come out with the story about Vin Scully. I was going to talk about Vin Scully, and yeah. we are going to talk about Vin. But I'm handed a note mm-hmm. that I understand this is unprecedented. I'm going to reach out because I know he's listening via satellite on his Learjet right now, the great, the great Ed Levine. Correct. And I know that he is listening right now because he has that kind of capacity. He's global. He's worldwide. Mm-hmm. He's huge. He is. Uh, tell me about what's going on Friday with our show. Friday, we are, we are bumped. ESPN here carries the women's basketball games, and uh, it's a 2 o'clock tip, so there will be no Daniel Malden show, or Matt Park show in the booth before There us. will be no Matt, who? Matt Park. Be, oh, yeah. So <laughs> there will be, no be no Matt Park. Yeah, no, I'm messing with you. <laughs> He's a fan. Uh, so, and, I'm a fan and I think his, Brent Axe I'm, is off, too. I think the whole, it's all yeah, women's Brent, basketball. Isn't Brent calling the game? No, Brent hey, oh, 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 oh. Demotion. <laughs> Do you hear us creeping? Here we go. We're creeping up on you. So, here's what I'm going to tell you about yeah. this. We are preempted going into a must-win Syracuse University. The, 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 the home opener against Cornell, which yeah. I will be at. Uh, the must-win Wake Forest game on Saturday in the Dome. Mm-hmm. With the plethora of information that I'll have, this forces the great Nostra Daniel to have to come out on Thursday, which he is uncomfortable with. <laughs> he does now, not like what, weekday predictions, folks. Here is what I'm going to tell our listening audience, being mm-hmm. the largest listening audience in ESPN it's Radio. It is, it's Willie Mammoth. Okay, I'm going to tell you, kneel in front of your radios. Wow. I want you to kneel in front of your radios mm-hmm. in protest. Send out the message far and wide. We are never to be preempted again. It's a big Morgan State Bears SU game. You don't want to miss that. You know what? I'm, I'm really. I got to say, I'm shocked. Oh, you know. I'm say I'm to shocked. be treated like that so after a day after such such beloved coverage, national coverage. I've walked out of bedrooms and picked the cash off off the off the drawer in, in less shame than I have. Wow, wow. I have. You know, that. I have. Vin Scully yep. vows 
that he will never watch another NFL game again over this protest controversy. Mm-hmm. Scully, the Hall of Fame Dodgers announcer, spoke publicly on the issue of kneeling during the anthem. Scully is 89 years old. He also, it should be noted, spent one year in the Navy, although he did not see live action. So here we have the Dodger announcing legend uh, voicing his, is this a, is this a because of his age and he doesn't see it? Uh, where do you, are you going to step out and tell us where you side on this issue, Josh? Where do I side? I think I've been clear. I think that I, uh, I am fine with people protesting, but I also think that don't expect uh, any, reper- don't expect no repercussions. It's a private business, and I do think there's elements that is disrespectful. Like we said, I think we agree on that point. Okay. I think that it's a disrespectful, disrespectful to people who uh, have served and mm-hmm. even lost their lives. So but you're straddling the fences. Really I'm straddling the fences. What I'm doing? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Hey, Sweden, oh. there. Hey, oh. Larry, Larry, do you have anything on this issue? Yeah, uh, oh I, I support it entirely. In fact, members of the military have come out and said, "I fought for your right to to do what you're doing." So I'm all for it. There you go, Larry. Larry Dickman sliding Larry down the scale. Stance. Larry was taking a firm stance. Taking a firm see stance. That? I respect that. All right, listen out there, girls. We're going to be talking to you about Larry very mm-hmm. shortly. Uh, you yeah, see I, where I he stands on? <laughs> yeah, I listen, think I'm being paged. Listen, we know where he stands, but do you know where he kneels? Oh, hey now. What? Okay, so exactly what? Do we have a what in there? Do you have that? Do that? What? Uh, what? Oh, I thought you had a button you pressed. No, that was just hand. That was just me. Oh, I like that, that to be a Larry button. Can we record what? that? What? 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 You can just keep hitting it. What are you doing? Can the NFL stop this, Josh? Uh, yes, they're a private business. They have the if 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 the great Ed Levine, listening now from his seven forty seven, decided to tell us. Don't do X, Y, and Z. We have to listen or we're fired. You are exactly right, It's a friend. business. This is not a constitutional right. Jennifer Levinson, a law professor at Loyola Law School, has this to say on the subject. It's a contracts question, not a constitutional question. It boils down to the owner having the right to fire players for this behavior. The answer is likely yes. Mm-hmm. An owner can actually fire a player. If this was made a rule on their team, even an individual team, even an individual team, not the entire league. Sure. So that's really, really yeah. What's Jerry Jones's stance? He says you're not. No, that's different. Jerry Jones has said you will not. You you can. He's kind of strata. You can kneel if that's what you say. You won't play for the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. No, there's no um, um, decision on, and we we don't know as far as I know whether he's talking about docking them pay. I think he intends on. I'm going to play. I'm going to pay you, but you're, if you don't stand during the anthem, you are not going to play on the field. Now, remember what the ramifications for that. If you're particularly a ball handler, mm-hmm. you, you have endorsement deals. You have stuff that would suffer greatly. So he is threatening you economically by saying that you're not going to play, uh, but he's doing it without probably being sued because he has the right to say anybody's going to play or not mm-hmm. as the owner. The question is, can he fire you? And according to this particular Loyola University professor in law school, yes, they can. They can actually fire you if this is made a team rule and you sign that contract with the team. You must stand. I say, make it a rule. Make it a rule right now. Forget Larry Dickman. What does he know? This is what I'm saying. But here's the thing. The, The woman who flipped off Donald Trump's motorcade the other day, did you see her? She got fired. Did she get fired? She got fired. And you know what? Everybody likes to say First Amendment rights. She didn't go to jail. She didn't get imprisoned. She's allowed to do what she likes. You're allowed to do these things, but if you do them, there may be repercussions, and being fired from your team may be one of those repercussions. You know, and, and again, we've talked about this, and, and, and as I continue to watch it, it's the saddest part about it is 
they had issues, Colin Kaepernick and many of the players that joined in, a handful of them, had issues about violence by police officers in Chicago and, and Black Lives Matter. And they had you know relevant issues, poignant issues, and issues, in fact, that need to be addressed. Lost in this entire controversy, the minute Trump said something, it became a political statement. Mm-hmm. So now these people are doing it as an anti-Trump move and really has little or nothing to do with what Colin was trying to say in the beginning as an African-American in the United States now. So I don't hear anything anymore about what the issue was. It became kind of a, a, a protest to Trump, really, is what I think it is. And now all these other celebrities have jumped on the bandwagon and used it as a venue to express themselves. And I would say that far more on the lib- Hey, now. Sorry. Hey, now. What? What? Sorry. What? That's what? when you hit the what button. Oh, sorry. Larry. Larry. We got to freshen Larry's supplies up. That's getting old already. Uh, to, I'm, I'm, for, to be fair, that was Josh's computer that, that played was me. That. that was not even him. Uh, I know Josh, but who played? No, that was me. Larry. Yeah, that was That's why I was kind of saying the conversation, Larry. Yeah, so, you want new sound effects. Yeah, Larry, no, I, want a, I want a board. You got to get in there, Larry. Come on now. What? What? Can you record the what? 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 For me? <laughs> Because that one won't get tired of. No. I like it. Wah, wah, wah. It's kind of like Affleck. Wah, 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 wah. That'd be good. What? I like that. Larry, what do you got to say about... Uh, uh, Vince Scully, do you think he's just being an old guy? I, I think, yeah. I think it's partly that generation uh, that toes a certain line, but he has a, a right, just as we all have a right to uh, an opinion. He says, I will never watch another NFL game. It's overwhelmed. I have overwhelming respect and admiration for anyone who puts on a uniform and goes to war. We all do, Vin. Okay, okay, so, so let me just play this a little further. Here's the part that, that, that troubles me, um, and that is particularly the families that are still here when a kid comes home with that flag draped over his casket. And I think to myself, Kneeling during that anthem, one of the few things they have to hold on to is why that boy or girl didn't make it home. And so I I, I gotta say, A, because my theory early on was we will be, we will lose the issue here. And we have lost the issue. You mm-hmm. don't really hear that talked about at all anymore. Yeah. It's not all about kneeling. So isn't there another way? And I've heard Andy Richter and I've heard other people say, we are stirring it up. It is a big issue. No, kneeling is the issue now. Isn't there another way that we could have done this? And and my challenge that I issued on the show, remember, has still not happened. Um, isn't there another way we could have done this without offending current American uh, and, and uh, servicemen and women and and also veterans and, and, and also those who have died? Um, so... Wasn't there some other way we could have made this? And then when I said, I put, you remember I issued the challenge in one of the first few episodes that we talked about this on the show, and I said, I'm going to believe your dedication to this more the day you don't go out on the field voluntarily. And I have not seen one player do it yet. I haven't seen one player who cared this much about this issue to give up his pay and say, I'm not going to go out on the field because I think that these issues are that important to me. And I'm not going to kneel. I'm actually going to stand proud for my flag, but I refuse to play as a point. Now, you do that, and you're going to gain a lot more people's respect, and you're going to make even more attention. But still today, since I issued the challenge, I have not seen one player do it. Why do you think? Because they don't want to lose their money. Ah. Ah. So the money matters more than the issue. Money matters. I didn't even see this story. Did you see the Dolphins players kneel during the anthem, even though team policy is you stand or you stay in the tunnel? 
This happened on Sunday. Yeah. Michael Thomas, wide receiver Kenny Stills, and Julius Thomas each took a knee during the anthem on Sunday against the Raiders in Miami. Dolphins head coach had said team policy says either stand for the anthem or stay in the tunnel, and they went out there and kneeled. And so are we going to hear some type of uh, of ramifications for this from the Dolphins? Doesn't appear. Doesn't appear. They have uh, the Dolphins are playing cleanup and just posting photos of the good these people do, that the players do during you know off season and whatnot. But oh, oh, so all the all the do good stuff, the Dudley yes, stuff. Yes, this is them doing a fundraiser and whatnot. <laughs> so. It's yeah. such a we- I think you're right. It's so weird. It's lost all. There's not. It's nothing about the sport anymore. It's nothing about the the protests anymore. It's just about making and making a statement during the game. Well, uh, you know, and and I, I love all the the celebrities that are jumping on the bandwagon, particularly that come from the my side, from the Hollywood side. You know, talk show hosts, and uh, I've seen Ellen chiming in now with "Yeah, yeah," you know, "Rah, mm-hmm. rah." It's time to do this. But all of that, all of that is fueled by their hate for Trump. That's what it's all mm-hmm. fueled by. This has nothing to do with the anthem. This has nothing to do with American servicemen and women. This has nothing to do with the flag. This has to do with the fact that they've jumped on another way that they can attack a standing U.S. president. And so, you know, I, I have to say, I object to that too. And I wouldn't care if it was Barack Obama, if it was Donald Trump. Or in 2020, Alec Baldwin. Oh, you know, oh did I just mention that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I, did I mention that to you, Larry? Larry is going to the press. There's a great tweet that's out in reference to this where my brother writes, can you imagine how entertaining the debates would be if I was to run against Donald Trump? Because he could actually do Trump could do against Trump, yeah. Trump in yeah. this thing. I would love it. And I turned around and I tweeted back to him, can you imagine how much fun and money I'm going to make doing the impression of the president on Saturday Night Live? Boom! Hey now! Oh. I just want to speak like this. Make sure I'm speaking exactly like my brother Alec. That would be cash money. Big cash. Lauren Michaels, call me, babe. Let's do this. <laughs> it's meta. It's it's total meta. He's doing the he's doing the impression of the impression. I am. Well, we got to hit spots. We will come back. We are live. You know how to get in touch. Two eight eight zero six four four. You are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Saturday, the Orange return home to face Wake Forest in the Loud House. Pre-game at one kickoff at three. Catch Syracuse football all season long on TK99 and ESPN AM 1200. Hello! And welcome back this to the Daniel Baldwin Daniel Show. Baldwin oh, here we go. Someone else will say it. These are the new rejoins. You're listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Syracuse. We're struggling with the... Here we go. The music. Polly made those. He left a little bit of an open on that one, so we weren't ready for it. It's still playing. Yeah, it's still going. It goes about another three minutes. Oh, I like it. Thank you, Polly. appreciate that, buddy. My piercing, raspy voice will cut through any music. Before you go to that, let me ask you a question. Have you ever hit a hole-in-one? Yes. You have? Seven times. I have seven hole ones in my career, but I have even rarer than that. And it's well documented because it happened at the Alice Cooper Celebrity Invitational where they had score guys with you and the whole bit. And at the time, when I was a little bit younger, um, I still hit the ball pretty well off the tee. But at the time, I was consistently over 300 yards and I could hit it very far. Whoa. And um, so I'm on the 14th hole at True North, uh, which is a. a a course that they've had the U.S. Open at. I mean, it's a, it's a big PGA course. And unbeknownst to a lot of people, Alice Cooper was, was and still is, but really was a, an amazing golfer. Mm-hmm. 
And so you you kind of you know you think you're going to the Alice Cooper, and this guy's out there and shoots seventy four. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's like a two handicap. Yeah. So I get up to the to the uh, the hole, and I've hit. You know, not not having to worry where the ball's going to go when you're playing in a scramble event, which is everyone tees their ball off, and whoever has the best shot, you all pick up your ball and drop it by the best shot, and you continue doing so until you putt out. So I'm the one, the drive that they're using most of the time. So once one of my guys, because I go last, hits one right down the middle, I've got a green light to really go after mm-hmm. and see if I can hit 330, 340, whatever. So the PGA scoring guy says to me, Hey, you see where the hole is way over to the left, and there's there's a big almost mountain. You know, it's in Scottsdale, Arizona. And he said, if you can get over the corner of that mountain, he said the ball moving a little bit right to left, which is called a draw. He said you can definitely reach the green. It's 347 yards. He said, but you're cutting quite a bit of the distance off. There's one problem. There's a barranca that's like 15, 20 feet, 10 feet down with all kinds of brush and cactus. You don't want to hit it that far in this hole. You can definitely reach it. I've been playing with you now for 13 holes. I realize you probably want to hit something a little less club, maybe a three-wood and hit it really well, and you'll hit it right up to it. And I went, there's two balls right down the middle. I said, forget it. And I hit one of those airplanes, this one. And it starts rising, and it's turning right to left, right around the corner, just misses the mountain. I know I'm near the green. So we get in the carts, we drive around the corner, we get it to the end, and we're moving now towards it. And Jeff Fahey is the actor and the celebrity in the group in front of me. And they're all waving their hands at me. And so we're pulling up, and I'm thinking, I must have hit into them. They're probably pissed, you know. And yeah. No, I've hit a hole-in-one on a par four. Oh. The ball hit and landed right before the branca, hopped over the branca. They had the pin out because they were still putting. And it rolled along the apron onto the green, turned left, and dropped in the hole while they were standing there. And it went in one on a four. Whoa. <laughs> and the sad thing about it was two things. I never saw it yeah. because it was a dog leg. And then number th- number two was I had to buy everyone drinks when you're in a hole in one. You got to buy the drinks. And where's the car? Or where's the thing that you get on a par three in a tournament? You know, the, on every par three in this in this tournament, there was a brand new car. There was an SUV. There, I got nothing. Yeah, story of Daniel Baldwin's I got nothing. life. Right hole in one on a par four <laughs> at the Alice Cooper, and I got mm. nothing. There you go. I brought it up. There was a bunch of people in the uh, in the the sports section where they post people's hole in ones. No 340s. They're all 179, 140, 150 yards. Yeah, well, this is one of those fluke, yeah. close your eyes. That Just happen to go perfect. It'll never happen again. And, but I've had six on par threes over my 57-year mm-hmm. career. So so i got to tell you a story about last night. i got to yeah. tell you this. this was, date uh, night, right? It was date night. How much time do we have we right have now? about seven minutes, okay. eight minutes. So here we are, right? You know when you know, you just know. Okay. Now, when you know certain things, you know, you're trying to tell a friend about a woman, you're trying to tell, you know, a, a colleague about something. But when you know, you know, and it's your wife, mm-hmm. it's a completely different way you play it. You know, you got to You got to kind of slow play it. You got to be careful. So it's date night last night. Date night, we go out, we have ourselves some sushi, and we decided that the dessert they had at the sushi place we didn't want. Mm-hmm. We got a little place right across the street from the house. We're going to stop off there. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's going to have a little glass of wine, piece of cake. And we're going home. I want to take them taking care of business. <laughs> you hear me? I'm You're going, feeling it. You're getting the signals. I'm, I'm getting them. You know, this is date night. Date night is cut. There you go, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Uh, you were you getting know, signals so, in here. So she da- was ready. Yeah, yeah she, she was ready. ready. She was ready. She was ready. So... Uh, we get there, and I'm going through this whole intervention process as I do every day with different clients and people. And this is a a person that's closer to my family, mm-hmm. so uh, I had to step out. 
And there's a guy in like, all the camouflage stuff. He's a hunter with these other two guys. And I immediately see him start to walk over to Robin. He's like two seats away from me. And I'm looking through the glass because I'm trying to be quiet during this conversation. And I see Robin reach out and she's writing down his number and putting it, putting it in, in her back. So I walk in and I looked, I looked at him and he doesn't say a word to me. And I looked at her and I went, did you just take that guy's number down? And she goes, oh yeah, yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's going to help you with the boat. He heard me telling the, the bartender that, you know, your boat had, you know, the back end of the boat went in the water and everything. And he said, you know, he had heard all about it too, that your boat, and you know, it's very dangerous. And so he gave me his number so I could give it to you. So you could call him to help him because him and his friends are going to help you get your boat out of the water. And I looked at him and went, Robin, any guy that knows you're there, has seen you there, knows again who I am mm-hmm. too, would walk up to me and offer me his number. He does not give that to his wife when his when the husband walks out of the room. Yeah, I said that's inappropriate. Yeah. Oh my God, why don't you trust me? But I said, of course I trust you. I know that. But any guy, so you're right, so we get into a bit of a thing about it. You know, I don't know why you get like this. Oh like, no. Because oh, yeah, and so I'm watching date night going down the drain here. Oh. So of course I, I make the stick save. There was you know he was he came across the blue line, slap shot up the left side, oh. tough. Stick save, off the glove, off the stick, saving a beauty. Everything was good when we got home later. But when you have that feeling, when you know something's not right, yeah. So I'm walking out the door on my way to go to therapy with my kids, and I turn around and I go, you know what? I never go in Robin's bag. Never. I go into Robin's bag. This morning I shot scenes from a movie that I'm shooting in Cleveland, so I worked, and then I had to go to therapy, then mm-hmm. I had to come here. So I turn around and I grab the piece of paper, the thing that she wrote the number on, and I say, it, it, I never, she'll tell you, if my keys are in her bag, I don't like going into a woman's bag, sure. I ask her to give them to me. I knew I had to grab that number. I'm in therapy, and Jonathan, my my nephew, my sister Beth's kid, calls me up and goes, hey, dude, I'm still in the house because we're winding up all the all the, the uh, cables and all the stuff you know from shooting today, and some dude just showed up, opened the screen door, and tried the doorknob oh. first. And I'm turning the corner, and I looked at him, and he... he, he said, yeah, I know Robin. I came by because I'm supposed to help with the boat. The guy showed up at my house today, went down to, all the way down. I got three and a half, four acres. He went down the hill, down to the boat, checked that I came back, and then tried the doorknob to come in the house. What? So I look at Robin and I go, oh, your buddy came by today, went down to the boat. She goes, oh, my God. No, I said, yeah. So I take out of my pocket. I got there and I go, you should probably call your friend and tell him we don't need his help with the boat, huh? Oh. <laughs> I know you're listening, honey. You can text us. Wow. You can text us, honey. Daddy was right. It's so okay. he showed up after you showed, left. Showed up at my house. After you left. Right. He could have been keeping an eye, you waiting for you, you to know, leave. Why, I don't know what he was doing. Uh-uh. Why doesn't honey want me to protect her? That's what I'm saying. No. Doesn't Robin have street smart? She knows not to be talking to strange dudes. Robin doesn't. You know what the problem with Robin is? She's, she trusts and loves. She's really one of those mm-hmm. energy trust. And, and the guy was offering help, and maybe it's an innocent thing. Trying the doorknob kind of spooked me. Yeah, it's weird, right? Well, you know, she could have been in the house up in the tub. Robin right. doesn't lock the door. She's not, not thinking mm-hmm. straight about that yeah. stuff. Yeah, but she, does, she, has, she doesn't have a mean bone in her body. So, of course, she's like, oh, thank you. You know, and she doesn't see that. She's a hot lady standing at a bar, and I walk away, and then the guy walks over? Yeah. I was there for an hour. He could have walked up to me and said to me. Hey, here's know? the phone number, but second right. you hey, leave, dude, there's you my number. Well, then what, what was even more peculiar was when I walked back in and saw the exchange, and he had given her the number, he stepped back over to us. He didn't say, hey, bro, if you need help with that boat or anything. I gave him my number. He didn't say anything to me. Right. Nothing. Didn't say goodbye. Didn't say nothing. Then he comes over to the house. Well, it's a small town. You're not going to see him again. What happens? 
Well, listen, let's just hope nobody calls up and says they want to help me with that dildo problem we're having in the house. You know what I mean? Hello! Larry! 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 Larry, Larry don't get a buzzer. I don't get nothing. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. So, so uh, can you can you can you verify whether you sealed the deal or not? Whether I sealed the deal with yeah. the robster, the mobster? Yeah, come on now. Let me tell you something. The audience is that, waiting. That is like filet mignon with extra butter sauce. Mm-hmm. It's tender. <laughs> lovely. Larry's listening very intently. <laughs> I think Larry's got a little thing for Rob. I think he's got a thing for I think Larry's got a thing for any woman. He hasn't had one in two years, for God's sake. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to take us into us, the next segment. I think so. We're going to go to break here, and I'm going to tell you right now, we are going to go over a very exciting idea that Josh and I and the great one, Ed Levine, have come up with, oh. which is we're going to move forward with Win a Dream Date with Larry Dickman. Whoa. So I'm doing it, this under protest, by the way. Yeah, he's kneeling, everybody. And the yeah. lovely Robin Baldwin texting and saying, he was very nice, honey. He was very nice. <laughs> she did say that. He was very nice, honey. He came and tried the doorknob today <laughs> at our house. Weird guy in yeah. camo. Yeah, you know how it is when you go to a neighbor's house, you don't know, and you just try their doorknob? Yeah. Yeah. I ain't no doorknob either, all right? <laughs> Good Win a boy. dream date with Larry Dickman. Good looking boy, fine looking boy. Now I know why tigers eat their young, hey! all right? Hey! It's Daniel Ball on the show. ESPN Radio Syracuse. Follow us on Twitter. ESPN Syracuse. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. <sighs> There's a visual for Larry, Larry, ladies and gentlemen. Larry. It's the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse, 288-0644. Do we ever count how many times you say Larry? Larry, Larry, Larry. I can't get enough of it. I can't stop doing it. If it annoys you, I'm sorry, because Daniel and I enjoy it. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, so, right. so, so we're going to come back to a winter dream date with Larry. i got to say this now. So back in the press today is this concern for Syracuse basketball's opening half against mm. Southern Connecticut State. Josh, should we really care about this? I don't think we care. I think I think it's it's a it's a, the second game. It's an exhibition. The first game's not. You'll see them really play on Friday against Cornell. I think that they need to play better. They need to play faster. They need to be better on offense. Now, because of the symmetry going on in this room with you and I at mm. all times, yeah, you lead me right into my next question, which is: Does this mean that if they don't blow Cornell out? That that's going to be a consideration though, since the since the Southern Connecticut situation. I think they've had two to dial it in a little, but still Cornell isn't. They've got to win by a lot against Cornell. They do. I mean, if they don't come out against Cornell and win by twenty five or more, yeah. people are going to start start. You know, I mean, if that's a close game, you go woo woo woo. Hold on, and yeah. then you start getting into ACC play, and that gets concerning. I see that too. I see that too. I mm. see that uh, they need to make a a statement a little bit after. Yeah. After and I week. think they will. I think that, you know, you know how Bayheim goes. He probably got them all wound up this week. He's probably got them working their ass off, and now they'll they'll come out and play to win against Cornell. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they got to make a statement, too, and come out. And they got to take some of these cupcake teams, too, because there is a difference between how many points you win and how many points you give up, and when mm-hmm. they calculate all these different things. And Syracuse has been, uh, you know, on the bubble, you know, a few times where they're close and they don't get in. I, I mean, I really thought they should have got in last year, but... Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying, though. So, so you know the the differential in how badly they beat them. You know, they got to take teams like this and beat them by 40. You the know? cool thing that's going to be happening Friday. I don't. I don't. Has anybody talked about this? Jim Beheim's oldest son plays for Cornell. Jimmy Beheim plays for Cornell. He'll be there on on Friday's game, right? Does he play? I think he plays. 
Really? Jim Beheim, uh, uh, he's yeah, he's on the 2017-2018. How bad does Jim Beheim Sr. want it? I mean, does he does he does he send the the thug freshman kid in there go, <laughs> take him out. Take him out. Take him out. Sweep the leg, Johnny. I put you don't you remember Mr. T? I put X Pain. <laughs> no, he's he plays for Cornell and now Jim's other son, Buddy, will play for SU next year, but I heard that Jimmy. he's I heard he's actually really good. He is really good. He's one of the best in the area. How does that work though? You play for your father. I had to play against my father in high school. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah, and the that, football was, that, was, that was rough. But uh, how do you play for your dad and not get accused of favoritism unless he's just that great? And it's like you don't. If your kids out there on Friday, you don't want to. You don't want to slash at them. You don't want to embarrass the kid, right? Like I, we're both dads. It's like. What if Beheim Santini? What if he's like you know you suck? Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. And then next year, wouldn't his wife is way too nice to. She's a that. sweetheart. She's so lovely. They're so supportive. But wouldn't next year? And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. We will do our weekly or daily corrections if need be. Wouldn't next year Buddy Beheim play his brother Jimmy Beheim? And when Cornell and SU match up, would not that happen? Well, is and this then who not do you pick? Similar to. Uh, uh, the Harbaugh boys, you know, one yeah. was coach of one team, one was coach of another, and the father coached them both. And the dad, Jim Harbaugh's dad and John Harbaugh's dad, was giving them each advice on each team they were going to play until they played each other. And he said, I can't say anything anymore because mm-hmm. I can't pick between my sons. You can't favorite one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're Jim Beheim and your one son is playing for your team and you're playing your other son, of course you got to want to beat the other son, I yeah. can imagine, you know? I mean, I'm sure you want him to have a good showing and, you know, and play well, but you obviously want to win the game. And is that like a discussion, like, son, listen, I still love you, even if we kick your ass on Friday? Is, is this like a Pete Rose thing? You know, is there a potential Pete Rose thing going on here? Like what? Does Jim Beheim have to step out of coaching that game and, and let one of the one of the uh, the other coaches do it? Because, you know, the temptation to not drill his own son on the I other don't know. Like, you know? <laughs> like put double coverage on his own son? Listen, and- I know Jim Beheim, and, and he's uh, one of the greatest coaches to ever step inside those lines in college history. Mm-hmm. And what he's been able to do in a market in Syracuse University and deliver multiple national championships, he'll slit his kid's throat <laughs> to win that game. Yeah. Not literally, but you know what I mean? He's going to play to win everything. I was just messing around. And I know the schedule isn't out, uh, Paulie letting me know, but I'm saying but they, they seem to play Cornell every year. So if they play Cornell again next year, wouldn't they? Wouldn't Jimmy and Buddy play each other? I just think it's interesting. So now, is the younger son that much better than the Cornell one, or the other one just wanted to go to Cornell? No, I think he is. I think he's real. I think Buddy's really good. Jimmy's good too. Right. Jimmy, he feels like a, all whatever state or whatever. But, he, could, he, but could, he, could he still transfer? We have like a free Bayheim offense. Now that'd be crazy. Now listen, I got one year of eligibility. I know you do. Get Daniel in if there. If I know, I'm getting the the, the signal from Big Bayheim. And I got two Bayheim options before I distribute the ball or drop a giant three on mm-hmm. him. I kind of like the smell of that. Yeah. Baldwin to Bayheim to Bayheim. <sighs> they need a big guy in there. Dewan Coleman was last year. He's gone now. They need yeah, a big I'm not guy. the big guy. I'm that guy from way downtown you're not oh, paying yeah. attention to. <laughs> no. They dish it to you. You're out. You're way outside. Yeah. Then boom. Yeah. G-monious. Beautiful. Yeah, that's me. So that'd be, that's I mean, me. That, that's something to watch on Friday's game as well. I'm excited about that. And I think is you know, it's... It's got to be weird for him. It's got to be weird. I wonder if anybody's been talking to him about it. I haven't seen any stories about that matchup, but I'm sure they'll cover it as we get closer. That's got to be, man. I, You know, my dad, I can remember, my mother was like Switzerland. You know, she was waving the flag in the middle going, all right, don't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, and she would tell my father, you better, neither of those boys better be hurt. 
you know, and so and all of us played against my father. Um, not really to the level that I played against them. My, my brothers were good athletes, but I was probably the most successful athlete, uh, you know, definitely at a high school level. Um, mm-hmm. And so to uh, uh, to play against my own father, who was ruthless, he was relentless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he would stand on the sideline and point at me, like <sighs> say, and, and intentionally run the ball at <sighs> me and send three or four guys in there to knock me around. He. Yeah, he really, he had it out for me. Yeah, Jimmy Beheim was all Central New York sec, uh, selection at sen- as a senior at Jamesville DeWitt. He's averaged 22.3 points as a senior, MVP of the Hoop Hall Classic. He's he's a good player. So he's not, is that not good enough to play at SU? I don't know why he didn't go to SU. Maybe they didn't, maybe he, you got to figure, every kid's different. Maybe yeah. he didn't want to play maybe for his Maybe he dad. didn't want that, yeah. He didn't yeah, want that yeah. pressure, you know? That would be a lot of pressure. That to go and play, well, yeah. you know, but you can see though we're coming out the shoot and saying, "I'm going to play for the Orange because your dad's a legend, and you want to keep up the, you know, that alma mater, and you want to do that whole thing." And to be able to be coached by your own father, I think if I had to do it and I was going to go to university, I would want to go play for my dad for sure. That'd be cool, right? I mean, well, you'll. I just... think that's a lot of the reason that Bayheim is still in there is because his son Buddy is coming up. Uh, really? That's I think interesting. So. I think that he hung around while I. I bet this was discussed. Not like 20 years ago, but I bet it was discussed, you know, <laughs> probably a couple <laughs> years ago. Dad cooks me. Yeah. But probably like a year or so ago or two years ago when they were talking about Hop, you know, taking over, but then Hop leaves and all that. And Bayheim's like, well, if Buddy wants to come to SU, I bet he's kind of like, yeah, I'd like to coach him. Does he coach him all four years? I oh, don't how know. can he not? I how don't can know. he not? He he'll has be a, to coach He'll be 100 years old. How old is Jim? He's like 70-something. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's I say old... 68, 69. No, he is in his 70s. Let's check. Jim Beheim is 72 years old. Is he really? Yeah, so he'd be 77 if he coached Buddy. Well, give him a little coaching Viagra and he's good. Let's here's go. What I, here's my big my prediction. Here's what I think happens. If, if, if it's possible, here's what happens. Jim Beheim, kid from Lions, New York. You know, not, not some big f- basketball lineage. Buddy Beheim plays for Beheim at SU. Buddy, maybe he goes pro if he's that good, but let's say he doesn't, or he goes pro for a couple years. We hand off the SU program to another Beheim. Not gonna happen. You put Buddy Beheim in an associate or like one of those, like you where you where you got I'm Devo. Tell, I'm gonna tell you why that's not gonna happen. What's more likely to happen? I mean, there'll be a time in between more there. Li- yeah. Of course, there you go. Yeah. So what's more likely to happen? And here's how it's laid out. And as I'm saying it, I'm almost seeing it forming oh, in the bowl. Oh, boy. I'm almost seeing it forming in the bowl. I'm almost seeing it forming in the bowl, Larry. <laughs> almost, Larry. Larry's texting on his phone. His reaction the great one. was like you were bothering him. It's time for Nostra Daniel. It was busy. The great one is staring into the bowl. Doesn't it make more sense that he hands it to McNamara, who cuddles it? I would hope Jerry gets it for a while. I, I love Jerry. I Jerry, think he's a great Jerry, dude. Jerry, Jerry's more likely to get it. Yes, but I'm break, saying like that's like break, ten break, years from well, now. You didn't say that. Uh, you said he handed Bayheim to Bayheim. No, he wouldn't know anything. That's what you said. Sorry, I apologize. So, so here he goes. He plays a little bit in the pros. Jerry steps in. Jerry has his nice run with it for 10, 15, whatever he's going to mm-hmm. hold on to it for. Now we're looking at a Bayheim at 45, yeah. more believable as a head coach at that age, and then one of the Bayheim boys, or both, step in. Ooh. Double Bayheim. 
The name's already on the court. Oh, my goodness. Look at us making these like incredibly long-range predictions. The great one is spoke. Well, 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 Nostradamus did it from 400 years out. So baby. there you go. Look at us. Nostradamus can do it from at least 20, 25. Exactly. We will come back uh, and wrap things up. I believe we are going to announce our win a dream date with Larry Digman contest. Oh, we are going to talk about winning a dream date with We have Larry. to just get some details. Oh, Larry. Larry. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. Home of the Syracuse Crunch. Mitchell Stevens across. Here's a shot. Score! Kevin Lynch ties the game. Ackerson left side. Shoots. He scores! Picked off by another. Peck takes it. For Lynch who shoots. He scores! Kevin Lynch with 103 to go in the third period. Gives the Crunch its first lead. It's 3-2. ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200 and 1440 AM. Sunday, the Giants travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers. Pre-game at 325. Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, and welcome back to my show. Josh and Josh. Hello, long, hello. Long break right there. Listen, let's get right to it. We don't have a lot of time. Here's what I'm thinking about. We'll talk about the different segments that we might do on the show. Mm-hmm. And I really do like the idea of win a dream date with Larry Dickman. So we need to go through a couple things so our listening audience know some of the criteria. Larry. Mm-hmm. Larry, are you Larry? with us? I'm here. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So, let's go through a few wants. Right. You're, 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 you're going on the dream date. Mm-hmm. Tell me, let's start listening. Wants. What do you want? What do you want in abroad? Uh, Describe, describe her. Okay, female, that's a good start. <laughs> female, that's breaking female. news right there. I'm sorry, did you say she-male or female? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I just want to make sure I'm hearing it right. He's desperate, okay. Daniel. So, take female, go ahead. Uh, sense of humor. Sense of humor? Mm-hmm. Very sense of humor nice. is more important to me than... than than giant knocks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, sense really? of humor. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> really I want someone I can jump around with. No. You're describing a man more and more. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why I care about breasts. Uh. That's why I said she know. You know. We can probably make this happen quickly. Yeah, right? So, okay, so, I can go under the bridge so and get you somebody right female now. Female <laughs> sense of humor. Come on. Keep going. Come on. There's more than what two. What else do you like? What else do you like in the Is there a hair color? Uh, I, I prefer brunettes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brunettes. <laughs> yeah, oh, see, see now? That's why he's got the little... Well, he's going to describe Robin. He's going to describe your He's going to describe your describe wife. Robin now, watch. I like girls okay. from Boca Raton. So, right, right. Jewish. <laughs> uh-huh. Freshness. <laughs> With the last uh, name Baldwin. Right. So uh, we're back to men again. Yeah. Uh, uh, so female, sense of humor, brunette. Uh, we want... Uh, height. What do you like p- for height? Height. Uh, I mean, I'm a short guy. So, so five three and under, five four uh, and under. I mean, you know what? I don't really care about height anymore. They care more about it. Than they I care do. more about your height. You remember yeah. the three tenors? Yeah. Famous Pavarotti, yeah. uh, Enrico Caruso, and uh, I can't guy. remember who the guy was. So uh, my friend Wade Orkline, mm-hmm. you know, whenever there was a modeling function, I would take him to the modeling function, and I'd call him up and I go, "Bro, get in here." It's the five tenors. It's all women. They're five ten and above. Because oh, he loved women that five were, that were really tenors, tall. Very five tenors, very nice. Five tenors, baby. All right, so we want five five. We got two minutes. Go ahead, Larry. Come on, Larry. Yeah, five five is fine. Okay, so right, five five weight. Frame. I'm not gonna say three hundred well. plus is what he likes. <laughs> right, I'm saying. I mean, you know, do you like I'm a little roomy, Larry? Yeah, do you like petite? Do you like you know? Are I, you got a preference? I have no preference. No preference. Oh, very nice. No preference. Okay. He's an open-minded man. No preference. <laughs> not in that open-minded. 
Do well, we need give di- us some order? You're ordering your lunch right now, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, you need definite about? dislikes now? What are your definite? So, real or fake oh, boobs? Oh, very important. Don't care. Ooh. Don't care. Don't care. All boobs. All boobs. All boob man. Okay. All of the above. Can't you don't want knots? Let's say, tell me a knot, a turn off. Uh, high pitched voice. High pitched voice. Are you talking about me, Larry? Larry. High pitched voice. No, okay. come on. There's got to be more than that. What else? Any religious affiliation? Any ethnic background? Uh, any... No, don't care about any of that. It's, you know, as long as they can stand me, I don't. I don't. Do they have to be able to spell? Do they have to I be mean, more than twelve? That'd be helpful. <laughs> that would be very helpful. If they of were... legal age, <laughs> yeah, I said they have to be more than yeah, twelve. Right, yes. Uh, good conversationalist would be nice. You like someone that really wants to talk good to you. Conversation. Yes. All right. Larry wants to talk. I don't want to do it all myself. Larry, you've been doing it all yourself for <laughs> yeah. years. I mean, now, come Larry. on. That's what we're trying to end right now. All right, thirty seconds. Right, What's so, what do we got? So we've got female sense of humor, brunette, five five. Uh, no preference on shape of the body, uh, all types of boobs, and they gotta, and they gotta like to talk. The one not is I don't want. She's discriminating against high pitch. He was not like high pitch voice. No. He's well, I, I say that because I know uh, a woman with a high pitched voice, and it just it annoys me. Well, maybe she's what annoys you, not the voice. Well. Could be. All right. Well, you annoy me. Larry, you're out of time. <laughs> we got to go. We will hand it over to Brent X. We will continue the Find a Day with Larry Degman tomorrow on the show. This has been the Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Beautiful. This is Orange Nation. Rudy was offside, Steve. Great movie. <laughs> That's your takeaway. He was offside, but it's a great movie. You're going to hate me for this. I thought Rudy was overrated. What did you? What was your problem with it? I, I didn't have a problem with it. It was the expectations I had going in. Every time I was like, oh, I haven't seen Rudy. They're like, how have you not seen Rudy? Like, it wasn't the greatest movie was, I've ever seen. He gives a shoulder strike. Eh, it eh, was good. Eh. Orange Nation, noon to two. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m.